Hi, this is episode 16 of the Spinoff Success Podcast. Welcome to the Spinoff Success Podcast with Beth Phillips. Join me each week for inspiring stories about people leveraging tools, platforms, systems, and skills to create thriving businesses, successful side hustles, and surprising new careers. Tune in to discover how to turn your skills and expertise into a spinoff success. Hello and welcome back to the Spinoff Success Podcast. I'm Beth Phillips and today I have a different kind of episode for you. I'm going to tell you a quick story about how looking at the world through this lens of skills and recognizing um, skills and fluency um, has sort of happened to me unexpectedly. And I think it's just by doing this podcast. So I'm going to make it quick. I'm not going to drag on and on. And if you stick with me um, and just consider this story, and it's really a discrete um, skill that I'm talking about, uh, I think it might help you look at, as I say all the time, a skill that you have in a different way or a fluency in a language that others aren't fluent in. And I don't mean uh, a different um you know, dialect of uh, speech, I mean, just a skill that you are fluent in. Just to give you a, a little bit of background, I am a licensed attorney. And I haven't practiced law since um, probably I think my third child was born. When I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, she's t- going to be 21 in September. I decided to leave the big firm that I was working at downtown, and I took a job with a sole practitioner. Uh, Really, it was a lifestyle decision, Um, and I just had worked enough to to know that I didn't want to just take a kid to daycare, not for any moral purposes, but I would see, you know, moms taking their kids to daycare, um on the bus because I rode the bus to work. And then I also uh, practiced with a lot of working mothers who just had that extra stress of trying to do their best at work and trying, um, you know, to be the best moms they could. So by the time I got pregnant with my oldest, I kind of really made the decision that I didn't want to try to do that. So I um, took a job working part-time two days a week for a sole practitioner that was, you know, five minutes from home. It was a great situation. My mom could um, watch my daughter in the afternoons, um, and my husband could stay home with her on those days that I had to work uh, until like three o'clock in the afternoon because he teaches kids to play tennis. So his workday really starts when um, they're out of school. So that worked out well. And Uh, But when I left the big firm, um, I was in the employment law group, and the head of the section, I had been working on a case, and he asked if um, 
there was an appellate, if we decided to appeal a motion, um, would I be willing to write the appellate brief? And I, and I agreed and it was a really good working situation. He just paid me as an independent contractor. Um, I was able to kind of schedule that into my week because, um, my other law job wasn't demanding too demanding. And the kids, or, you know, my, my daughter was a good sleeper at that point. So I had, I did have time at home to, uh, work on this brief. So over the years, and, and like I said, by the time I had three children, it really wasn't even worth walking out the door to this sole practitioner to the small law firm practice. So I haven't really been in the workforce for 18 years um, formally at all. Uh, and, and over the years, um, my boss at the big firm would say, hey, are you ready to do legal work? Um, and just with a friendly tone, he was always very supportive of my decision, but he always respected my work, which I loved. And I loved the subject matter of employment law. And I also most especially loved researching and writing motions and briefs. So fast forward 18 years or now we're in, um, you know, my kids are grown for the most part. I have one who is left in uh, high school and he asked me in the fall if I was ready to do some legal work and for the first time, and I'm actually surprised because I thought, oh, I never want to go back to litigation work. It's very demanding. Um, it's super stressful. But I said, you know, I may sure maybe I would be because I had an idea that he didn't mean for me to be an associate again. He didn't mean for me to work full time. I kind of had an idea that he just wanted me to write some uh, briefs for him. So we met and that in fact was the case. You know, he, he said I could work remotely. There was no obligation on my part to take certain projects if the timing wasn't right. And likewise, there's no obligation on his part to provide a certain number of hours. So it's an ideal situation. But, you know, I haven't practiced for 20 years. And um, I felt like I had to get up to speed on even the subject matter. Um, but I, I, he was willing to be tolerant of my learning curve so I got my first um, assignment in early May, and I had about three weeks to write a brief on a subject that um, I was really familiar with when I left the practice, and I had to kind of re-educate myself on even just the, the elements of uh, a cause of action under this, this statute. But I felt fairly comfortable that I could at least write a brief. And I was able to, but as I was writing it, and especially as I was uh, really uh, working on the argument and the case law and that sort of thing and reviewing the case law and kind of getting into the swing of that, um, I it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I used to be so fluent in two skills, or probably more than that, not only the the subject matter, um, that came pretty naturally to me, but also um, the legal citation. So when you cite a case in a brief, and depending on how you're using it, there's this form that you use. And what hit me was that when I worked 20 years ago, I had no appreciation for my fluency in that language. 
it came so easily to me. It was like a second language to me. I didn't stumble at all about how, you know, to cite the volume and the page number and when to not recite the volume and the page number, how, whether to put the case in underline and, or italics, or um, there are these lead words that are, have Latin bases, and they signal a certain way that you're using the case. But I'm telling you what was so weird, and I don't think I would have noticed this, um, is my realization about how I was so fluent in that language. And because I love writing briefs so much, I probably at the time was better than most people at it. Um, One thing about my background back then, or even still, is I clerked for a federal judge for two years right out of law school. And I don't think I was qualified. I mean, I I, I think my grades were decent, but... um, I had interned for him. So I think he gave me a chance um, because of that. And he really, really taught me how to write. He really was patient with my learning curve way back then, but it made me pretty proficient at um, this subject matter and, like I said, the legal citation language because it is sort of a language all its own. Um, But then the other thing that I realized is that I was pretty fluent in the subject matter of employment law issues. And again, 18 years ago, I didn't have a realization of that skill. I really just took it for granted. I thought all the people on my level, and they're probably, I mean, you know, There are brilliant people working at big law firms, but they don't all have that proficiency and comfort level that I did. Um, And for sure, there were better brief writers than me. Um, But it was so weird to just have this like realization smack me in the face. And to be honest with you, I'm not proficient in it right now. I feel like I can get, get up to speed with a few other projects. So I'm confident that I can get it back, maybe not to the same level, but maybe to the same level. I'm not sure. And I'm anxious to see how this goes because, again, um, it's just something that I really like to do compared to some of the other um, case management and litigation responsibilities that fall on you when you're a young associate at a big law firm. So I hope by telling you this story that it wherever you are in whatever position you are in even if it's a, it's a job that you hate and I'm telling you I love the firm where I worked but working in a big firm is a job that I didn't love it's really demanding super stressful um Anybody can dump something, especially when you're a young associate, can just anybody in the firm, even though I wasn't in like other um, practice sections, they could just dump something on you at, you know, four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Those rumors are true. And I, it just was so stressful that I really, really 
did not love that position. I really loved the firm. I loved the person I worked with who hired me again 20 years later. But my point is, wherever you are, there are definitely our skills that you take for granted that other people either don't have or don't have the fluency in it that you do. Um, And I can give you an example. Let's say somebody always asks you to edit their emails or write an email. Say you have a boss who says like, shoot this person an email because you're a really clear writer. Um, Or if somebody always asks you to proofread their business letters um, and you, you have a reputation for that. That's a really valuable school skill that is um, super valuable in the marketplace. And a lot of people do that for a living, copywriting or copy editing or proofreading, uh, that sort of thing. So I just hope by telling this story that it helps you recognize a skill that you have in a different way. I would be so interested if you you do have this realization, if you would connect with me either on Twitter at uh, Spinoff Success, it's at Spinoff Success, or if you shoot me an email at Beth at SpinoffSuccess.com. Even if you don't have an idea of how you might be able to use that in the marketplace, it might give me some inspiration to find somebody who is deploying that skill in the marketplace Um, and maybe we'll help you if I tell that story. So have some fun with this. It doesn't take any extra time. Be encouraged and for sure connect with me if you do have a realization of a skill that you otherwise took for granted. So thanks for listening to this bonus episode. I might do this once in a while when things strike me and if I'm realizing that I'm learning through this journey as well. So um, yeah, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes at spinoffsuccess.com, where you'll find all the links and any resources mentioned on today's episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast player. The show is now available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you can check it out there as well. And I'd really appreciate if you leave a rating and review. It helps others find the show and it helps out the show in general. Finally, I have one more favor. If you or someone you know has a spinoff success story that you think would inspire others or just be interesting to the audience in general, shoot me an email at beth at spinoffsuccess.com and you can either leave me a link to uh, the work that you're doing, maybe a company that you started, or just tell me a little bit about your spinoff success. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.